Stuart Gandoff with another podcast from Healthcare Success. I'm pleased to introduce Matt Hall, who's uh, not only a professional colleague, but a longtime friend. Matt is Vice President of Marketing for Pacific Dental, and Matt and I go back a long time. Today's topic, we're going to talk about community events, and uh, we're going to get into the details of that in just a moment. This is kind of a very fun topic for me and something that we rarely cover. And so Matt and his team do such an awesome job at this. I asked him to uh, share some of his secrets, and he gracefully said yes. So Matt, I obviously know a lot about Pacific Dental. We worked with you guys back in the early, early years, and uh, we've been friends for a long time. But I'm assuming some of our listeners for sure don't know anything about you know what you guys do here. PDS, Pacific Dental Services, started in 1994. Quite simply, we set out to support dentists, help them get their patients healthier and happier. So uh, we saw the need that if we could partner up with dentists and uh, allow them to focus on dentistry and do what they love and do what they're passionate about, how could we support them with all the rest of the business services? So um, in the 13 years that I've been with PDS, we've gone from supporting about 30 offices to now over 540 offices. And um, the, the model is based on a, a partnership at the individual level. So um, at each office, there's a partnership with what we call an owner doctor, and we support that owner doctor. That owner doctors are world, each and every one of them. We see as a not just a partner, but a relationship that we can support them in their business. Over those years, we've we've expanded marketing quite a bit. <laughs> I think when when I started and when you met me, I was the only person in marketing, maybe one or two others, and um, now we have fully cross channel team that that supports those clinicians and really three main areas. So we look at an area of, you know, how do we support them with patients? And so we break down patients into how do we help them onboard new patients and find the right patient mix? How do we help them with their patient experience? So what are what are patient touch points in the office that make a difference, that are meaningful to patients today, meaningful to any customer, and how can those those clinicians get better at um, the, the patient experience they deliver and then also helping the clinicians retain their patients. We like to talk about what we call patients for life and so how do we see each individual patient as a patient for life and keep them coming back into the practice. So that's kind of our, our platform for patient support is really our, our main focus and then our secondary focus is just being a voice for the patients. You know so many times a clinician is you know leading the clinical environment involved in the in the clinical side of of oral health care and um, we help them just with the human side and just saying hey what do you what do your patients want what do they need what are they feeling and so we try and be a voice for those patients so that that the clinicians can better connect with them and then last but not least as you know and you've helped with we have a variety of brands the unique thing about our model in supporting these offices is that each individual office is named different and so they're named very locally which which we can kind of chat about but then we have this this brand called Pacific Dental Services and we have a brand called Smile Generation and we have you know extensions of some of those brands as well so we do a lot of brand support as kind of our third component as well. The founder of your company, Steve Thorne, is just a genius at this kind of thing. And not just, uh, well, we talked about a little bit offline, but, you know, we met him back at the very, very beginning. And he's just, in terms of scaling and using the best practices, I mean, you know, our company in a smaller way, we don't have 500 locations, 
But, you know, we're all about best practices. And what I notice about you guys is it's all about best practices. You know, you don't just go buy, you know, one machine. You're going to buy 20 and you're going to test those and do it in a very process, systematic way. You guys are certainly admirable for what you do. Today, I mentioned we're going to talk about a fun topic to me. And it's just, honestly, I just, I'm interested and intrigued by what you guys do. You know, you guys have these local offices. They're locally named. Uh, they're usually freestanding. Uh, they usually have good signage. There's some good stuff that they do. There are some other, not a lot, but there's a few other big dental chains. But they don't really usually target the sort of middle, middle upper income folks. They're not usually, oftentimes they're talking about price, which isn't really your thing at all. I don't perceive any community that maybe they have it. I'm not, you know, disrespecting them, but I don't perceive they have a community feel to them, whereas you guys are all about the community. So tell me, that's unusual, and it's really hard to scale. <laughs> so tell me about, like, why do you even guys focus on community things? It is unusual. I think, I think it's it really, the genesis is from our owner-doctor model. So when we, when we set out, you know, Steve, like you said, said, you know, we we want to to grow based on this owner doctor model and as we look at them as as owners they're owners of their individual practice and that's even a differentiator for some you know some of the larger groups or chains that the the clinician may be an employee or they may be a part of the the whole system but um, we partner up with the clinicians so they have ownership in their practice. It's it's their baby. As we started to look at that model, the desires and intentions of these clinicians were like, I, I want to serve my hometown. You know, I live in this town. I have a name that's respected in this town. I want to serve the hometown. So that led to the naming convention we use is very localized. It's their practice. They set the clinical culture. They connect with their own community. And so it's funny when, when we get new employees, you know, into orientation or there's, there's uh, new clinicians that have partnered up. It, they always ask, well, what's our brand? <laughs> you know? yeah. And uh, we don't have the Nike swoosh, right? right. And so um, our brand is local. It's very local, and that's what drives what we try and support them with. Like you said, getting involved in their communities. You know, if they're going to be named local, then they should they should engage local. I should point out to our listeners as well that you guys aren't going off and uh, you sometimes buy practices and change mm-hmm. them around, but a lot of times they're brand new practices, data O that you guys are building. And just imagine that. And sometimes you guys are opening one a week or more. It's <laughs> yeah. a lot of moving parts there. I don't know if I'll get into details on this, but I remember once I was over at my uh, health club down the street and I showed up classic, you know, there's a table, nobody at it and a couple toothbrushes there and a few business cards. And so I asked the manager of the gym, like, well, what gives? And he said, well, there's a local dentist and we're being nice. And I said, so let me ask, um, since you're doing that, I have a friend of mine who has a Medispa locally and what if we, um, you know, can I get table space? And, you know, this is really amazing because it was local. He didn't go to attorneys or anybody else. This is a national chain of, or at least regional chain of health yeah. clubs. And he said, no, sure, go ahead, put out some stuff. And I said, well, how about I do something better? How about... I create a flyer for every one of your new members. They'll get some free benefits from coming to this Medispa that they can take advantage of. That'll help you sell more memberships, which, of course, then there's something in it for them, right? Then all of a sudden, we had a partnership, and it was that easy. Suddenly, we went from like a little dumb table with, you know, nobody even bothered to, I guess, people grabbed the toothbrush. But... Uh, to something became marketing oriented. Now you, that's not really your guys's model, but in the old days we used to teach against. You know, if you're going to market, um, you know, buying T-shirts for a little league team isn't really marketing. And really, I bet you'd probably still agree with that. But what can you do to leverage that? What can you do to make that real? So it's not just about buying shirts or having a table. It's larger than that. So 
this is the drum roll. This is the part where. <laughs> so how do you guys make community event stuff work when everybody else just sort of spends money on it and feels good, but they don't actually see any value from it? There needs to be intentionality. We talk a lot about intentionality, and I used the word engage earlier. It's easy, right? Like if you want to write a check for the Little League and put your name on the back of their hats or whatever, like that's an easy thing to do. And I think that's the difference between what I would call the passive sponsorship as opposed to the engaged sponsorship. And when you're engaged, those are those, that creates opportunities, a different mindset, right? Where, yeah, you're going to have this uh, name on the back of the shirt or on the back of their hat or whatever it is. Or maybe it's on their team banner. And those those are okay. They're fine, They're right? Fine. It doesn't hurt you. And it's, it's, like, yeah. saying it's a charity. It's saying like, it's cool. It's but, a good thing to do. Yeah. But don't, but don't wait. Don't like open up extra hours for the but, new patients <laughs> that are coming yeah. in. Don't go hire another associate. <laughs> and because you did this, you know, this little uh, name on the back of the jersey. But what you can do is you can engage and you can engage in an opportunity that in a similar way like you did at the at the fitness center where it's like okay well what more can i do and when you start to ask you know well what can we do for you right what can we do for the little league team in this instance well then all of a sudden every little league team every single week needs snacks what could you could you put snacks, you know, together? And so we try, we try and get docs, you know, engaged in that type of level of like, all right, put the snacks together and actually show up, right? If you hand deliver those snacks, I guarantee you I have three kids. I have three boys. They all play sports. The best part of the game is snacks. <laughs> like, engage where the kids are happy and the parents are happy, right? And so something like that, you can engage a little bit deeper. Something like Little League, you know, how would you engage? Well, all the all the teams have sponsors, but how many of them show up on opening day? You know, there's, what, 500 families, 600 families that are showing up on opening day? How do you get a table at opening day? How do you engage with with parents and kids, um, depending on what your practice sees, how do you engage at a deeper level and actually meet them, right? For us, localized, owner doctor's the face of the practice, it's your practice doc, like build your brand, build your reputa reputation by diving a little bit deeper and engaging in that opportunity. I'm assuming like, some of your doctors are younger, that are you know brand new and they're ready to get started with you guys. Others maybe have a few laps on their in their yeah. on the record. Do you find that makes a difference, or sometimes the older doctors just don't want to get their hands dirty with this, or how does that turn out in the road? Yeah, that's a great question. I just got out of a, a great meeting with about sixty of our new owner doctors, and gender to age to any demographic, completely different mix, and it, and it's a beautiful thing. And so it's like, okay, what can they all do, right? What can they all align around and rally around? And they're all pretty receptive, actually. Great. You know, they're, they're receptive to like, it, you know, there's that, that pride in a lot of the docs you work with, right? My name is on the door now. What does that mean in my community? I, I think the fact that they're owners is a huge issue. You know, yeah. if somebody was an employee, it's like, what, well, I have to do that too? Don't I do enough for you already? True. Versus you have the skin in the game where it's, it's your True. stake for sure. That's great. I was hoping you'd say that. I totally agree this idea of engaging. Like, what else can you do? What, how can you make this mm -hmm. fun? Don't just sponsor a 10K. Like, you know, have your team, you know, get your team running in it. You know, yes. what can you do with your booth? What can you give away? What kind of signage can you do? So those kinds of things really matter. And what I really like, though, and I'd like to drill down on just for a moment, you mentioned, like, what's your intention? So do you guys mm -hmm. just sit out there or do you guys have goals? 
you have to have that intentionality. And so your time is valuable. For our owner docs, their, their time is valuable. And I, I guarantee you I'm in the same boat. And you know some of our support staff and, and our office managers that go along with them, same boat. You'd, you'd rather be doing something else on Saturday morning. But when you have intentionality and you can engage like that, there's no reason you can't ask for appointments. Right. And, we, and, and so we look at quite simply appointments. Now, there's different things you can do along that. You can kind of work backwards and say, all right, well, if, if you get face-to-face time with somebody, ask them about their dentist. Well, nationwide, statistically, we know at least half of people are either willing or looking for a dentist. So it's not as awkward as you think it is to right. actually ask somebody, how's, you know, how who do you go to? Who do you see? And it may even be somebody for, again, being local dental offices or maybe somebody they know and they can be oh that's great i know dr thomas he's unbelievable or you know i know dr jane she's one of the best right but if they're sitting there saying you know we haven't been in two years you know we didn't we didn't have a great experience at our last dentist then you can have that opportunity to to book an appointment in a booth type setting you know, one of the biggest things is, and sometimes we'll snap pictures of it, it's like there's a huge difference between being behind your booth and out in front of your booth. And a lot of times we, you know, we live this world, you and I live this world, and we yeah. think, oh, that's a simple one. But there's a difference, right? Like yeah. if you're behind a physical barrier, it's less likely that somebody will approach you. If Absolutely. you're out in front and can engage, then again, like maybe you get into a conversation, Maybe you have this opportunity where they need a dentist and they'll book an appointment. Maybe they're not willing to right now. You know, it's, we, we look at some data where it's like, you know, again, in dentistry, there's, there's most likely only about 25% true loyalty as, you, as we would define it as marketers. And so you have 75% opportunity. And it's like, okay, maybe somebody's not willing now, but you can easily collect their information right. and say, hey, could we get your information? You know, we're giving away an iPod or we're giving away something. You know, we talked about shoes earlier. You, yeah. We're giving away, a, you know, if we gave away a pair of Jordans, yeah. then you can appeal to a certain demographic. Right. Like, like, gosh, I, me and all my buddies, we'd sign up, right? <laughs> you give away a pair of, you know, Louis Vuittons and you can reach another demographic, but then you can start to collect information and again, those are people that are at least willing to give their information, phone number, email address, then you can follow up on them. There's things you can work back from based on, That's on appointments. Ter- That's terrific. So uh, you guys mentioned appointments. So you, I'm assuming you either have an iPad or a book, old-fashioned book, or some way to appoint them it, right there, right? Definitely. I mean, and if you have an iPad, perfect. If you don't, print out your schedules. Go old school. Like print them out and most likely there's going to be some overlap if there's some overlap, two people wanted the same appointment or, or whatever, that's fine. Yeah. Call them back on Monday and say, you know what, apologize. Apologize and just be honest. Look, I'm sorry we double booked, um, but we have a slot an hour later. Or what we say a lot of times is just figure it out. Exactly. I was going to say, I, figure it one out. of my favorite doctors <laughs> does exactly that. It's just double booked, we'll figure it out. Figure we're, it out. Like, we're yeah. not going to make it hard for them. Yeah. We're going to make it easy for them. Exactly. Oh, dear. We have too many patients calling us. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a problem I like to solve, frankly. Yeah. You guys are coming out. You're asking for appointments, which is crucial. Some things mm-hmm. is to recap here. Number one, outside of the booth or leaving, not having a barrier. Absolutely. It's funny. We were talking about recent experience at a trade show for called Shizmet for hospitals where we gave away a pair of very high-end Louboutin shoes. And, uh, but we did exactly what we were talking about. You know, we had, first of all, we had amazing bait, right? This was something yeah. and displayed it prominently. 
But we never have a table in front of ourselves, even in front of a booth. We never use a table. We want it to be open. We want chairs, at, uh, director's chairs at eye level. You know, and that's a little different depending on the environment. That would be weird in a little league game. You probably have to have a table and that's that. But can you be out in front, right? And so the, uh, it really depends on what's right for the audience. Another thing now that's, so you have, you're asking for appointments, you're engaging people, you're talking to them. I'm assuming you guys have goals. Do you ever have a goal like we want 10 new patients out of this event? Do you ever have that kind of thing? We, it depends on the event. Yeah. Sometimes I think, um, you know, if we know there's going to be a thousand people at the event, then we'll start to work the ratios on like, okay, how many might need a dentist? How many might walk by the booth? And then how many should we, you know, we we know like they're in need of oral health care. Doc you're passionate about getting them healthier. Here's your opportunity. Yeah. You know, this is what you signed up for. And, and that kind of gets them, them going like, yeah, there's, there's more patients that I can help. Doctors but, are actually at the events usually or oftentimes. Yeah. I mean, one of our biggest tips is having the doc there it, and we've, we have enough, as you know, we do enough and have enough data and track enough of it to know that the success increases dramatically when the doc is there. Again, face of the practice, the expert on oral health care. People want to see you, talk to you, get to know you, realize you're a human, not be scared of you anymore, right? Like we're in an industry where most people are scared to use our our services. And so how do you break those barriers and and make a, a connection with them? So when they're meeting maybe somebody from your staff or you know somebody that's that's just helping out or something like that, it, it doesn't have nearly the impact. I would have suspected that. What I love is, again, as I talked about offline, I love numbers. I love best practices. And yeah, 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 I understand you don't want to do that. You feel really uncomfortable, but did you, you said you wanted to succeed, right? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's what it comes back to. When you have data, this conversation is different. Everybody has a vote, but those who have data impress me a lot more yeah. versus feelings or, or, you know, I'm uncomfortable. So the the docs are there. Uh, as amazing as you guys are, not everybody's going to be amazing at this in terms of like so- socially comfortable and great. Some are going to be shyer than others. Um, some are going to be naturals. Like, you, you hold on, Tiger, we're going to hold them back. But I'm assuming <laughs> that's not everybody. So uh, I'm guessing, but I don't know, is staff part of the solution too? And, and how, does, how do you work around somebody that maybe is willing to be there and even smile once in a while, but not like super social. Yeah, supporting staff are important. Um, having the staff there and maybe even, uh, you know, they can eliminate the barrier. They can eliminate that first connection of, you know, they they can say, hey, let's engage in a conversation with, a, with somebody walking by and then introduce them to the clinician. You know, another big piece is training. You know, I know you guys do a lot with, with some of your conferences, seminars, and, and just training. It's right. like... I hate to even call it soft skills because it's like, they're not soft. Like those are hard. What are things we can do to help um, these clinicians work on relational skills, you know, and, and they are hard, but, but they're so important, you know, and, and giving them some questions. And if you're in town and you're in a town, there's likely something you know about the town. There's likely a reason you picked that event in your town because Maybe the high school football team is what everybody goes to Friday night. So talk about the high school football team or talk about last season or talk about something you're passionate about or ask questions that, that may lead to dis- discussion in your town. I live in a, I live in a surf town. Well, I tell the, the docs down there, talk about surfing. Where right. have you been surfing? What, what, you know, like, <laughs> did, you, you know, did you get in on the, on the last swell that came in? You know, just find something to connect on. So 
Yeah, the training can be important. Are there any other things we haven't talked about that I'm missing? Things that you think are really critical success factors to the success of an event? Yeah, the the so the big two tips that I always give, and I and I start out, um, you know, our training on this is the selection of the event, and I just say, hey, there's two tips. One, find what the community loves. Two, find what you love. So if the community doesn't love it, nobody's going to show up. If the community doesn't love it, nobody's actually going to be engaged in that event. But if we can find an event that the community loves and the community maybe does every year, right? Even if you're new to town and you see the 11th annual whatever, right. like go be at that. You know, we, like I said, I live in a beach town and it's, it's like if you don't do the Ocean Festival every year, you're crazy. Like the whole town goes to the Ocean Festival. It's important that you find something that the community loves. The second one is that it's important the clinician finds something they love. If they don't love it, they'll be that passive participant. They'll show up and, you know, hum, ha, stand behind the booth, like, I don't really want to be here. This is most likely your free time. And it's the free time of your staff. It's the free time of, of maybe, you know, some, some support team that you have. Pick something that you love. Might as well, you right? <laughs> you might as well, right? If the community loves it and you love it, then you have the perfect combination. Because the community will be engaged, you'll be engaged. Um, you'll be more apt to talk to people. You'll see it more as, as fun. You know, if it's a 10K and your whole staff is running with you, that can be fun, you know, and that can be fun to be at the booth afterwards or whatever. And so um, find something the community loves. Find something you love, for right. sure. And you mentioned earlier, you said the 10K, I could see some staffs would be all over it. Some would like, I'd rather die. And if that's the <laughs> yeah. case, you got to think that through. Then, then do least, the wine festival. Yeah, at least or who you invite, right? <laughs> yeah. Or you were mentioning earlier, if you're a surfer, you know, talk about surfing and so you yeah. find commonality. So another quick question is about promotion. How do you promote it to your patient base? How do you promote it to the community? How do you get people excited about your participation in the event? We look at it in a cross-channel manner. So, so think about all the different channels and touch points that you have with patients and how can you reach them. And so I think if you just, you know, you show up to an event or you host an event or something like that and you're, and you're just hoping that patients will come, um, you're missing the boat, right? And so when you look at, all right, do I have patients' email addresses? Have some given me, you know, text, their, their cell phones and opted into text? Have they, uh, do they follow our Facebook page? And then start to coordinate your messages then maybe even calendar those out. When are you going to email them and what are you going to say? And when it gets a little bit closer, are you going to remind them with a text because that's more instant? Are you going to calendar out a Facebook post to say, hey, are you going to join us? And, you know, what do you think our float's going to be? Try and engage them in it. Um, and of course, as patients come in, just talk to them. And so I think you can look at your patient base and say, all right, how can we reach them across channels, not just you know, send them a mailer saying, hey, we have an event. Now, for some, the mailer may be perfect, um, but you're missing all the rest of those channels. Right, and plus, the mailer is more expensive. I mean, the social media stuff, there's, yeah. talking to people is essentially free. Yep. Uh, and then, of course, you know, you can look at paid uh, social media and other things as well to supplement. Um, I think that's uh, terrific. You know, I, one thing that just uh, occurred to me as you mentioned that is the idea about engaging them, finding a way to get them interested before they participate. We tweeted in advance with the appropriate hashtag. Now, this is a marketing-savvy audience, this particular conference we went to. And I said, hey, ladies, did I make a good choice of a gift? And yeah. so we found, and we did it with the hashtag. And you know what? I found a ton of people. And it's deceiving because we didn't, I think I only had like one or two likes and one or two retweets. 
But people, it was already had buzz before we ever started. And we did mailings in advance. So we got them excited before we ever got there. So I think that's really critical too. I'm assuming you guys did the same thing, right? You try to find something to involve them. Do you ever do things like on Facebook to try to get them to like name something or contest things or anything we like do. that? Yeah. yeah, we do. We do a lot. Um, and it varies by office. Sure. But the, the docs that engage are doing some incredible stuff on Facebook where, yeah, and even on a, on a public event, you know, sometimes they'll host an event or sometimes they'll do a public event. It's great to have your own patients there. I mean, the, those, if you can... You know, get them engaged and get them involved and then they show up to your event, the rest of the community sees that. That's amazing. And all of a sudden there's connections made, right? Like, oh, you, you know, you see Dr. Thomas? Oh, yeah, I do. Where do you, you know, oh, you got to go to Dr. Thomas. They're, they're your walking testimonials that's, that's, at the event. That's, that's awesome. That's a really good point. I didn't even think of. You're right. They have the patients there saying they're great. Then that's completely different. Even if it's just a stranger says they're great. That's different, right? It's like, you got to go to this guy. Really? You know, that's, that's gold when that happens. Yeah. And it's hard to stage that, right? Can you say that again exactly? <laughs> yeah. could, you, could you hang out for an hour? <laughs> and say it exactly the same way every time. Yeah. Buddy, I have Leslie, as I mentioned, who's our uh, social coordinator who works with offices around the country. And, you know, we do our part in terms of what we can do. I call it sort of the air war, the 50,000 foot level. Um, but when we work with our clients, we always talk to them about... Okay, we can help with a lot of the big stuff, but like the day-to-day stuff, we can't know when Cindy's dog had puppies, right? Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that's too local for us to handle. And uh, I'm sure you probably have some of those offices are really good where they get engaged at the staff level or the doctor they level, do. and they can help assist what you guys can do in the big picture. Yeah, they do, and that's we can you know we can support them with content and content ideas, um, even giving them topics. But it's. You know, social media has to be authentic. If it's not authentic, if it's not coming from the the practice, um, then people will discredit it, right? Or if it looks like it's canned content, um, people will discredit it. Well, you know, it, it's it's not as hard as you think. You yeah. know, it, it's funny. I got a I got a follow up question then when I was speaking to the the supported doctors earlier today, and it was like, well, what did we post? It's like. You are an expert in your field of medical practice. Like, you know more about anybody in your town than, you know, 99% of the town. Start sharing that. Yeah. You know, just share it. And you'd be surprised that how many moms don't know when to take their newborn to the dentist. Do I go at six months, a year, two years when I see the first teeth, when I see five teeth? Like, but you know, like, start sharing about that, right? And so I think there's things that that they can share and be organic and authentic about it. And then just like we talked about, be a part of the community. Right. Curate and, and like and share and repost. That's still authentic, Absolutely. right? It's, it shows you're involved in the community. So, so last question. Um, you know, my audience here, I have people from national hospital chains that are listening all the way to, you know, small individual solo practice guys and gals. And whether at the corporate level or you're at the you know individual guy or gal just getting started. What would be your help? Help me help them get over the mm-hmm. the hump. We've given them tons of ideas, but in you know sort of uh, 120 seconds or less. So some any th- final thoughts would help them get started. Help them get past the fear. Help them get past you know whatever the barriers or perceived barriers are. On the community marketing side, I think it, it is really starting with the you know what does the community love? What do you love? If you can find a match there, then you can calendar that out. And maybe that's 
maybe that's two things a year. Even, you know, we, we support 540 individual GP practices, but as you know, we also have about 90 branded kids practices. And so that's kind of a brand name system side of it too. So I can right. relate with the, the big hospital systems. And it's like, just start slow. You know, you find those, you deal with those, those two things and then you, you calendar that out and say, all right, twice a year I'm going to do this. And then maybe your twice a year says, all right, I'm going to move to four times a year. Pick something internally and something externally. So it's like, okay, we're going to get involved in two events externally, and we're going to do two events here at our hospital. Gosh, I, I could tell you all kinds of stories of the willingness of patients to come to the facility for a mixer, to come to the facility for you know reading to, to kids, right? And that gives mom... 30 minute break to sit in the back row while you're reading to my kid that's gold for my wife yeah. <laughs> like um so i think it is you know start slow do a couple external do a couple internal the biggest kind of over the hump is year one and so i think you just have to make it intentional in year one because in year two it's it's actually easy you've done it before right and in year two and in year three because you've done it before now all of a sudden the community partner is reaching out to you. You don't have to go out and find the right event or who do I talk to or what are the fees or what do I what do I do here? They're giving that to you, right? They're coming back saying, "Oh, well, you were great last time. You were great last year. Please come back." Like, how can we help? And so I think it's getting getting over the hump in in year 1. Year two and year three are much easier and beyond. That makes sense. You know, the uh, sort of final thoughts on this. Fear keeps people back, you know, worried about all the obstacles, getting them started. I feel uncomfortable or whatever. But this is such a dynamic thing because people often come to us, you know, we have our seminars and, you know, some of our clients, you know, really most of our clients invest substantial amounts of money because they're looking at it from an ROI basis. They don't care if they spend $10,000, $100,000 or whatever. If they're making back, you know, they spend 100 and they make 500, it's okay. So you see that that kind of mentality. But the, lo- the smaller end where people come to us and they read our newsletter from around the world, literally, or they go to our seminar, like, what can we do? These kinds of guerrilla things can be super powerful and they're not that expensive. When we look at you know choosing the right event, I think is awesome advice. Everything you've shared today has been great, and I remember we've talked before about some of the creative ideas. You know, like you, I think one time you mentioned a marching band or something like the local high school <laughs> yeah. marching band. Yeah. You know, think bigger. I bet you guys probably do. You get people to get. Ad- I bet there's offices that get addicted to this. Like they get they really do. really good. They just keep doing it. And over it, and over it again. becomes like it's interesting. There's some offices and their, you know, their docs do it so well that it becomes a community event. You know, and, and in some of our locations, then you have other tenants that are like, I want to get on board, right? And all of a sudden, the, the fitness center is there, or Starbucks is there, or Jamba Juice is there, and and it has become an event. And right. so I think, but again, it, it that doesn't, that's not year one. Yeah, I get <laughs> you it. Know? Well, there's other options too, and we're going to wrap now, but like, you know, doing open houses one of the things i always tell people is like make it fun you know it's like would you go to this open house you're gonna have some cheese cubes there (laughs) and and some apple juice would you go to that i wouldn't go to that (laughs) right so bring a marching band instead you know then you've got all the parents too and the kids and the whole bit find ways of making it fun do good signage make you if you're not excited they're not you mentioned the other retailers locally if you're in a shopping center they probably want to participate if you can and it becomes it's really fun once you get into this but 
it, it just requires the right mindset. And I and my my thing was I asked you earlier about goals. Don't go into this unless you're planning on getting patients. Mm-hmm. And this doesn't fit every kind of practice, but a whole bunch. I mean, gastroenterology, you still could do it. You know, I mean, you really could talk about, you know, eat healthy, get past heartburn, how to avoid cancer. There's all kinds of things you could do for that. And that's really one of the harder ones. But things that are consumer direct, like, you know, dentistry or, you know, family practice or internal medicine, those are easy but, you know, here again, OB-GYN, make it into women's health, uh, ophthalmology, do a LASIK day. Um, you could do, uh, you know, we work with a lot of cancer practices. It's like, you know, people are fat. You have the good topic. That's another thing I would add. It's like it's a different issue of speaking. But it's like, what's the topic? Like, what are you doing here? Another reason why I do this is it's really hard to find information on this. I've actually looked up prior to this uh, podcast, looking up community event marketing. I couldn't find anything. It's like there's almost nothing out there about this topic. And you guys are masters. So, hey, good job, man. Thanks for listening, everybody.